0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 369, and we have a treat for you today. Uh, It's week three of the NFL season, unless you're listening in the future. In that case, let me know how the flying car is. We appreciate that. I'm looking forward to talking to this guy. He's part of a new venture that I don't know enough about, and I need to learn. So why else have a podcast called Sports with Friends, unless you can ask people what the heck they're doing these days? So today we're going to be talking a lot of baseball, a lot of football. It is week three in the NFL, and we will have the latest odds for you from the head odds maker at com, Patrick Morrow, in just a few minutes to go over what was an amazing week two and hopefully a great week three. Chris Rose is on the NFL Network and has recently partnered with Jomboy Media. So that's where we'll start this conversation Uh, Chris has been at Fox Sports. I remember him from the best damn sports show period. I remember him from those days. And he's been on like the long list of people I've wanted to get on this podcast. Uh, I saw him doing NFL highlights just the other day. Now he's here talking with us. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for doing this, man.
1: It is my pleasure. It's good to be with you.
0: So tell me how you got partnered with John Boy Media and how you lowered yourself to doing podcasts, <laughs> how do I say that with a straight face?
1: Oh boy, there's a lot to dissect there. Um, so after the uh, the pandemic shortened baseball season, uh, my contract was not renewed after 10 years at MLB Network. Correct. Um, Where as far as I know, with it was the a great Daryl
0: Hamilton. Yeah,
1: of course, I knew Daryl there uh, very well. We used to uh, converse a lot in the makeup room uh-huh. because we both had Teslas. Uh-huh. And uh, so I always be like, how's, how's your Tesla? He'd be like, how's your Tesla? They're like, it's great. And I, haven't, I don't even know how to go to a gas station anymore. And so now That's everybody's right. in the world's got a Tesla. That's right. And so I actually had to sell mine. And I did think of him a little bit when I, when I ended That's up funny. selling mine. <laughs> um, nice. But at the end of 2020, my contract was not renewed. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that after I was let go, that there were almost 20 people who had been with the network a substantial amount of time who were also let go. Yep. Uh, it was not really made public very much. Uh, it was people that were like, I, I like to call them the glue of the network, people that kept that place running and got it running when it started in friends, 2009. Yeah. Yep. And um, uh, left with little fanfare, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of them built that into the Emmy award-winning place that it is today. And they were shown the door. It it stinks. Um, I was obviously the highest profile person that left, but there were a lot of really talented people behind the scenes that also had to go find work. I knew I still wanted to work in baseball somewhere. There aren't that many places that still have a national presence. ESPN, mm-hmm. Fox.
0: Turner to a, to a degree. Turner.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, it's really not much. Right, But I knew Jimmy and Jake. Uh, Jimmy is also known as John Boy. For a few years, I met him um, a couple of years prior at one of the winter meetings. Called up. There was mutual interest in doing something. We didn't know exactly what. But within a week, I was signed with them. Wow. And, you know, I knew that they weren't just the future of baseball media coverage. They were the present. They were the people that my kids listen to they were the place where my kids and their friends go to get opinions funny content um and just go to have a good time and i wanted to be that i wanted to be a part of that uh you know i always wanted to do a podcast in fact millar and i started one in probably i'm gonna guess 2016 maybe something like that
0: yeah i have a great kevin millar story for later yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it's a good one. I've got a few too. And <laughs> um, the network wanted nothing to do with it. Nothing. I presented it to him and I was like, hey, listen. When you say
0: the network.
1: so MLB Network. Your MLB nothing.
0: Network wasn't interested in you guys doing a podcast.
1: Zero. Okay. Less than zero. They said, fine, go do it, but we're not going to help out. I said, okay, you got it. Hmm. So we tried. We did it a few months. Didn't really work out. It's hard when you don't have the support, which is one of the many reasons I love being a John Boy Media. They are always asking, how can we support you better? How can we what help? can we do better? How can we make this more fun? How can we make it so that our audience and our community continues to crave what we're doing? They are asking the questions of how can instead of why are we, which I think is unfortunately a lot of things.
0: It's very forward thinking covering a sport that isn't always forward thinking.
1: You got that right
0: <laughs> you know it, it's funny you spent 10 years at mlb network i spent eight years at mlb advanced media so between the two of us we know where all the bodies are are buried mm-hmm. um the idea of uh being able to talk about baseball see one of the things i'm having trouble with at least in the latter years of sports with friends you know throughout the years everybody thought when i started this podcast that it would be about baseball i covered baseball for 26 years but i have become dissatisfied with it and i've gotten to the point where um i find it unwatchable how do you get the how are you dealing with, with being a baseball person who has been around for as long as you have you're even a little older than i am but doing it and keeping it fresh with a tech company that is very forward thinking and is catering toward a younger audience. It's the exact opposite of what I thought. Like if, if if I was going to assume that John Bowie media was going to hire Chris Rose, I would think it would be to do a sports podcast, a football podcast or something else. I would not have thought baseball.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's, I would say 90% of what we do, if not more. At the company is baseball. I mean, the whole premise behind the company when Jimmy and Jake started it was, you know, they've been best friends for years, decades, I should say. And they were Yankee fans who just wanted to start and try something on YouTube. And that's what they did. Right. Now, obviously, they got on the national map when when Jimmy started doing his lip reading and started doing all of those fun videos. And then it really took off after the Astros cheating scandal right. where he stripped down the audio so that you could actually hear the garbage cans being banged. So that's how they got on the scene. Which is that's amazing. When which is, which is an accomplishment
0: became... in its own right.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's where John Boy became part of a national narrative. However, that's not good enough to keep you there. You have to have content that people want and care about. You have to have people presenters, content creators that people want and care about. And I think that that's their, that's their goal. That's their mantra. Um, and I love being a part of it. I am far and away the oldest person at the company. In fact, I would say there's might, there might only be one or two other people that are over 40. Most of the people I work with are around my oldest son's age. They're in their early to mid twenties and it's awesome. They call me the dad of John boy media. What, what better way could you want to roll into work?
0: (laughs) It's it's tremendous. Um, When, when you got the idea to do it, um, how much of today's sport uh, do you want to showcase? You know, my, my argument, there are two things, you know, I I don't want to sit here and talk about the on-field stuff because to me the on-field on stuff it's it's too many strikeouts it's the strikeout of the home run you know i tease the guys who run the ad mlb twitter account cuz all the highlights that they show are are home runs and then strikeouts and i always go did some shortstop make a diving catch one day mm-hmm. um how much of it is the nostalgia of baseball and trying to find you know retired guests who are great storytellers, like a Kevin Millar, You know, yeah. multiply Kevin Lamar, Kevin, blah, multiply Kevin Millar by, you know, a hundredfold. There's there's a please dime don't. a dozen.
1: Please please don't. My brain can't handle that Matt.
0: I, I, I respect
1: that. that. But um, what what about it. the idea? Or is it Ronald Acuna? Like we need to know more about who Ronald Acuna Jr. That's is. that's what it is. I mean, the whole premise of the Chris Rose rotation is that. You know, it's a half dozen active major leaguers as my rotating co-host. i will check in with once every four to six weeks, depending on availability. And then I'll get other guests to, to supplement that. And I know that we've done the best job possible when I read in our comments section, whether that's on YouTube or if they tweet at me or, you know, maybe on our Instagram account or wherever it is. Hey, I am... A Yankee fan, but I love listening to Tyler Glass now. Pitcher for the Rays is in their division, yep. and like I'm a huge fan. So like, or better yet, I'm really torn. I'm a Cleveland Guardians fan, but Lucas Giolito is pitching against my team tonight. How do I root? Like, how do I do <laughs> that? That's that means that we've done our job. Yeah. Like, I I don't think baseball players are boring. I don't think the sport is boring. I think the way that we've covered it is boring, mm. and so shame on us for not doing our job. That was, that was the thought process we had when we started intentional talk in 2011. It's the same uh, thought press process I've carried over to John Boy Media. It's our job to do a better job.
0: Where 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 did that come from? Um, I you know I, I tease radio stations when I used to go on radio stations to talk baseball. I would say. Um, you know, give, give a listener a t-shirt, you know, come out of a commercial break playing a random Mike Trout audio clip and give a t-shirt to the first guy who can identify his voice Mm. yet in 2021 or 2020, if I played an audio clip of David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, any of these guys, you could recognize them in an instant. So what, where did the change go? It, it, it can't just be the media. Is it, how are some of the stars in the game today virtually anonymous?
1: As I said, they're not covered well enough. I mean, we've never had more access to these guys in their history. Pick up your phone. You can follow them. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's be honest. Guys in the 80s and the 70s were assholes for the most part. <laughs> they just were. Everybody right. could say, oh, the glory days, all this. They were not nice people, most of them. Right. They just weren't. They weren't pleasant to deal with. They weren't pleasant to be around. I covered the strike year of 94. They weren't very nice then either. Uh This is a nice group of people. Nice. You might not like the way baseball's played these days. These are fascinating guys that have interest well beyond the sport. They're educated. They uh, understand the relationship between player and fan better than ever before. So, like I said, I, I just
0: no, it's 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 fascinating to hear you say this.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, I get the I understand the people that aren't baseball fans. It's the sports too slow. Why are there one hundred sixty two games? I get it. We've changed as a society. And if you're going to yell at society for changing, then shame on you. You have to change with society yeah. or you're yeah. going to be left behind. Like, that's why I don't mind attempting the new rules next year. I really don't. I don't know if they're going to work. I don't know how beneficial it's going to be to the end game, which is to increase the tempo of the sport, to cut down on time of the games, to get people more, you know, interested in it. I, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm sure as hell willing to try.
0: More of our conversation with Chris Rose in just a moment. But first we're talking about week three in the national football league. And for that, we are going to get the latest odds from the head odds maker at Bavada. Patrick Morrow, who joins us each and every episode during the football season. We start this week with the Steelers and the Browns. This is the uh, Thursday night uh, Amazon game. Uh, the Browns smarting after that loss to the New York Jets. They are a five-point favorite at home.
2: Super interesting game uh, to start the week off. Uh, you know Pittsburgh uh, couldn't quite get it done against the Patriots last week. Uh, Cleveland, uh, we talked about. Uh, lost in really, uh, let's just be honest, embarrassing fashion. So uh, really a, a make-or-break uh, game for both teams in the AFC North, which uh, is looking pretty wide open, all things considered. You know, Baltimore had a, a tough loss. Cincinnati is winless in that division so far. So the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky, uh, they, can, they can lay claim to this division a little bit on Thursday night. So looking at the odds themselves, Seth, uh, the Browns come into this one as a five-point favorite. And uh, the over-under is sitting at 38, one of the lower ones of the week. And uh, so far, we're seeing about 65% of all bets on the Steelers at Bavada. A little bit more love for Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. Brown's uh, still looking for a little bit of love from, well, just about anybody.
0: Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are quietly 2-0. and uh, Aaron Rodgers is 1-1, uh, and the Green Bay Packers are 1-1, I should say. Uh, it's Rodgers against Brady in the battle of the two Hall of Famers.
2: Yeah, super interesting game. Um, I was really surprised uh, looking at the over/under for this one, Seth, as it's sitting only at 41. And you think about, you know, Tom Brady-led offense, uh, Aaron Rodgers-led offense. So how is this one of the lower over/unders of the week? And you know, right out of the gate, we've seen a Packers team that has had success running the ball a little bit more than passing. Although Rodgers has been no slouch to start the year. And uh, a Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Bucks offense, which has settled for a lot of field goals this year. And uh, they'll be missing Mike Evans. Uh, Julio Jones' status, I think, is a little uncertain still. So uh, a lot remains to be seen between now and Sunday kickoff. But as it currently stands, the Tampa Bay Bucks are two-point home favorites. Uh, money split about 50-50. Like I said, the over-under is 41 and the under is actually surprisingly popular in this one with about 85% of all bets on the under at Bavada.
0: The Arizona Cardinals were another team that had a massive comeback in overtime to beat the Raiders. They have a home game at State Farm Stadium against the defending Super Bowl champion Rams in a key NFC West division battle at this stage of the season. This is massive.
2: Looking at the Rams, they uh you know regained a little bit of their form against the falcons after their week one loss to the bills they are looking like a team that will be competing late into the season uh looking at the odds of this one set the rams are currently four point road favorites over under is sitting at 15 and a half which is quick scroll it is the highest of the week so far and um yeah I, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of points be scored i think we're gonna see kyler murray do a lot of cool stuff uh, a lot of it more improvised than scripted as that's kind of his mo uh, we're seeing a little bit more money on the cardinals at plus four right now at Bavada, and the money is pretty split on the over under again at 15 and a half
0: another game to keep an eye on the buffalo bills uh off to a great start two and zero against the miami dolphins now the dolphins came from behind Tua to a tongue of was an absolute superstore. They were losing in the, at the end of the first half by double digits, and they came from behind to win. Uh, impressive for the Dolphins. Now they host Buffalo.
2: The, the witching hour last Sunday really was something, Seth. And the yep. Dolphins certainly played their part in it. Uh, yep. You know, we, you and I were talking, and Red, Red Zone was the place to be on Sunday. Yep. It's, uh, it's becoming far too difficult to try and digest these games one at a time in prime time unless they're absolute bangers because the red zone just continues to hit. Uh, looking at uh, Bill's Dolphins, uh, fantastic matchup. Uh, you know, weren't really too sure what the Dolphins were going to be like this year. Was Tua going to take a step forward? How impactful was Tyree Kill going to be to a team like Miami? And uh, yeah, it, it what an incredible comeback against the Ravens. And Gives this game definitely a little bit more pomp than it might have had otherwise. Uh, The Bills are currently five-and-a-half-point road favorites at Bovada. They are taking about 65% of all bets so far. Uh, Definitely one of the better 1 p.m. games this weekend.
0: Thanks so much, Patrick. That is Patrick Morrow from Bovada. With all the latest odds on the big games, you can go to their website and check out all the other matchups plus uh, player props, everything else that you can find in an online sports book. Now back to our conversation with the NFL Network's Chris Rose, now with John Boy Media. I've never said, like, I will never step foot in a ballpark again. I I, I haven't had that attitude. I just want to believe in it again. Um, The idea of the shift, do you get the sense, because you were at MLB Network during the time of the proliferation of the shift, did the shift lead to launch angle and did launch angle lead to the strikeout? So it, to to me, it's, it's, you're teaching your young kids that the arc, the angle in which the arc crosses your bot, the bat crosses your body is more important than just making contact. You know, when I see all these strikeout records and, 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 you know, no disrespect to Clayton Kershaw, he's a fantastic pitcher, but when he gets a strikeout record, you kind of say, "Well, yeah, but everybody's striking out nowadays because they're so focused on launch angle. Do you think the shift is to blame for launch angle?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it is. I think, I think part of the problem is, is that too many um, front offices have fallen in with, have fallen in love with the same type of uh, team architect. You know, I don't th- it's interesting. The team I root for, the Cleveland Guardians, is built unlike any other team in baseball. Any they don't they don't hit the ball over the wall. They have an extremely low strikeout rate. They put the ball in play. More than half of their lineup can steal bases. Like I I saw a stat for the first time since like the nineteen twenties, Cleveland had at least five guys steal um at least fifteen bases in a single season. They right. can really run. For the most part they defend. They pitch the ball well. Now it's not gonna work in the playoffs. It's just not, Um, but it's the way that a lower payroll team can put together a fantastic, memorable season for its fan base and hopefully win a division. So I like it. I would like it if not every team thought the same way. Like that's what makes sports fascinating Mm -hmm. is that sometimes in the NBA you can go with a small lineup. Maybe some teams like my Cavs last year tried three seven-footers in their starting lineup. It was kind of cool. Like, I, it was fun watching Laurie Markin and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley try and chase guys on the perimeter and do a pretty damn good job of it just because it was different. I thought right. it was fun. You know, I just can't stand all these people that are thinking the same way. It's not it's not healthy for society, let alone baseball.
0: I remember in 2015 when the Royals won the World Series, a lot of people thought that they would start a new trend. Yeah. And it, and it didn't happen. And, and And that was kind of, you know, when I started to realize – you know how how it was just it, there's such reliance on the home run it's 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 become deadened and 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 that's that's the issue i don't want to rip baseball the, the entire time you also work for nfl network i thought it was fascinating how you were able to juxtapose these two league owned networks at the same time for as long mm-hmm. as you did um the national football league seems to be going in the exact opposite direction um it seems like no matter how many people said they were never going to watch football again after Colin Kaepernick, they're all back. The ratings show it. Uh, they are Let's an embarrassed. Be honest.
1: They were never gone by the uh, way. Of
0: course. I, I know they, they, they are an embarrassment of riches and the national football league can try anything, do anything, you know, baseball. And again, I'm not trying to do tit for tat, you know, baseball puts Friday night games on Apple TV And then, you know, the 63 year old man, is, is complaining that they can't find the Met game. Whereas in football, you know, everything's an event and everything's a monstrosity. It is, it is exponentially even bigger than it was 10 years ago. How do you explain football's growth with the same logic of the conversation we just had?
1: I always described the two sports like this. Baseball is like your best friend. You do not have, from childhood, you do not have to talk to your best friend every day. I talk to my best friend from seventh and eighth grade where, where we met probably once a month, but the conversations are great. There is still a strong, strong loving bond that will never leave and will always be there. And you know what? If I wanted to go hang out with him for three or four days, I could do that too and not get sick of him. And he, He might get sick of me, but I, well, actually I would probably get sick of him too. Shout out (laughs) Novotny. With football, it is like the beginning of a relationship every time your team plays. Every Sunday, it's like the first few dates of a relationship. You want to impress. You want to be with them. You want to hang out. You want to spend the whole day together. You want to... Close the deal. Everything about it, every emotion you've got, is on the top level, and that's the difference between the two sports. It's amazing, and it's just that's the way I explain it.
0: You know, it, your reaction to the Kaepernick comment. I I heard it and I processed it. Um, Mark Schlereth was on this podcast just a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the idea because he comes from. Uh, you know he lives in denver and does a morning radio show in yep. denver as well as the nfl on fox and he was we, we just got into this conversation about how the today's nfl like right now 2022 could be the only unifying thing in the united states like it's the only thing the left watches the right watches the republicans the democrats the mm-hmm. the religious the non-religious no matter what it is it seems like the NFL is not college because college is as segregated as everywhere. You know, the Southeast does not care about the Northwest, but in the national football league, whatever it is, everyone comes together to watch it. It, It's if I run into somebody who I know is very uber political on either side, the number one conversation you can go to is, wow, the giants are off to a nice start. Aren't they? You Mm -hmm. change the, you, you diffuse a bomb instantly And I think that there's something to build from that. It's there's something very interesting about that because it's literally the only thing. No, no other topic
1: doesn't go down along a line. True. I mean, it's really true about sports, but yeah, you've hit it with the NFL. There's no question. I mean, you might, you know, if you're a Browns fan, you hate the Steelers, you hate the Ravens, you hate the Bengals, but at the end of the day, we're all NFL fans. I mean. People don't go into stadiums wearing their favorite politician's jersey. Right. Not once have I seen anybody with a jersey that says, you know, Reagan on it or Clinton. Could you imagine? <laughs> right. I mean, that's not how we roll in this country. It's like, oh, sports is the unifying factor while we're all also kind of in our own little areas. So, yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. That's, there's no question. It's just, I see it every day. I can feel the energy when I'm doing those shows. Um, it's craziness. It, every Sunday is crazy. I wake up and I'm so excited. I, I actually, like yesterday, I was supposed to wake up. I set my alarm for about 7.30. 7.33, though, I'm one of those guys. Uh-huh. And I woke up for some reason at 5.47. And I was like... I'm ready to go. I wasn't going to be on air for eleven hours. For eleven hours. And I was up and ready to go. And you watch the games.
0: You watch the games in their studio?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and you, it is so you're
0: like on a big wall.
1: That's exactly what it is. So it's a uh, you know, we have this this looks new- like the movie
0: Watchmen for those of you listening.
1: Yeah. So it's a it's a new facility that opened a year ago. And on Sundays, all the people that are on the air and our producers our graphics people our research department at that point it's probably only about 20 people in that room it seats 100 but we've got all the games up there so imagine this it's huge screens that we can split into each game we get every early game on there so yesterday i think there were like seven early games so they all got their small monitors and then there's two huge monitors. And one of them gets sound. So we can punch in whatever game is most interesting up there. So it's kind of like our own little red zone that we're, right. you know, <laughs> we can move it depending on if there's an interesting call that's happening or something, whatever. And I would say from 345 Eastern till about 430 Eastern, those 45 minutes are utterly insane. The end <laughs> of the Ravens-Dolphins game was crazy. The end of my Browns-Jets game was ridiculous it was ridiculous yeah so you know we're just at that point we're just fans screaming at the screen what are you doing what is that right, why didn't right. you call timeout? what what is going you know all of that and the shows kind of write themselves don't they come on let's be honest but i'm here. not taking any effect from and, you or no you guys it's not, that's like, what like i'm saying work. at the end of a day any good football fan could come in and be like right. yeah Let's start the show with Dolphins, (laughs) Ravens, and then we're going to go to the Browns jets. Gotcha. Let's do it.
0: Um, You know, since, since you've seen uh, quite open, uh, I I, I don't hesitate asking this. Um, You're a Browns fan. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction when they acquired Deshaun Watson?
1: Well, listen, there's a very famous picture uh, of a Browns fan wearing a Jersey with the last names of all of the starting quarterbacks and, you know, it's like X'd out along the way and they get through all of them. And I think Tony Jacoby said is the 33rd different starting quarterback they've yeah. had since they were reincarnated in 99, something like that. I've lost track. I <laughs> try to block it out of my memory. So I fully understand why they got into the Deshaun Watson business, right? They thought they had solved their issues with Baker Mayfield. He could have stuck around. They could have won a lot of games. They probably could have won a division. I think they felt like they couldn't win a Super Bowl with him. And that was the difference. Um, I understand people who don't want to root for the team or root against the team every week. Uh, I get that. Uh, my sons and I had a lot of discussions about it. I said, listen, you got, you know, our my, my oldest one's 21. He can spend his money any way he wants. We have a little more discretion with our 16-year-old. And I said, would you guys have an interest one day of buying a Deshaun Watson jersey? And they were both like, Dad, are you full of shit? Like, really? Right. No. I said, okay. I said, when he eventually plays, whenever that's going to be, do you think you'll root for him? They are like, well, we're rooting for the Browns, so if he throws a touchdown, we are rooting for him. I do think... And, and everybody's different. Um, in a perfect world, you would love it if every professional athlete was amazing. Like yeah. just like yeah. Seth Curry or yeah. Steph Curry. I would say yeah, yeah. I'm sure his brother's great too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if Steph Curry, right? Great Top of his game, yeah, Seems like a great human being. Goes and yeah. hangs out with kids and gives a shoot. Like seems like a pretty good sure. role model in the yeah. athletic world, right? The facts are, that's not the way it is. The Pittsburgh Steelers last season sent off a guy who was suspended for at at the least sexual misconduct, and it was something much more significant. Correct. Walked out of the stadium. Love you, Steelers. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Love you, fans. I don't begrudge Steeler fans for doing that because your team sometimes puts you in a really difficult position. And for people who are like, well, they just go find a new team. Now, hold on. (laughs) Right. My the reason I am who I am. A lot is because of sports like those are the best memories I have with my family. You're not going to change those. And so I pass that on to my children now. And don't make me feel guilty because I'm rooting for a team that doesn't have perfect human beings.
0: I know. I think of the the Astros fan, I think of the Penn state fan from a few years ago. Totally. Like I, I it's, it's, it's easier said than done. I, I you're not wrong. And I, it's definitely a, a, a flawed argument, you know, loyalty in sports. Uh, I remember, I remember when the Bernie fine story came out, I'm a Syracuse alum. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the Bernie fine story came out and there were so many holes in that story uh, ESPN didn't want to run it when it first was revealed they never went to the police they went to ESPN there was so much wrong with that story and you know after Sandusky the, the ESPN wanted to keep that, that conversation going and they rehashed a bunch of Bernie Fine stuff and I said then if if I found out that there was this big scandal going on that permeated my alma mater's program. I don't know if I could root again. I, and I'm and not comparing these but, are at apples to oranges.
1: They're not, no, no they're not compared. necessarily. All I'm saying is you're entitled to that. Right. Like, just like I shouldn't get upset at people who aren't Browns fans anymore, don't get upset at me because I am. Because if so, then we're going to, we're, We're skating on some very thin ice there. Like, do you know the background of every restaurant owner that you've ever visited? Do you know who pays for the gas station that you visit? What about the grocery store? How about the artist you listen to? If you did that, you would not leave the four walls of your house. Right. And heck, you might not even be able to live there because you don't know who constructed the damn thing.
0: Look so, at where the last Olympics was. Look at where. Look at where the World Cup is this fall. Look at uh, the the uh, the whole LIV golf situation. Right, I mean, there's constant reasons to not watch it.
1: it. But that's my point: is that you will drive yourself crazy, and it doesn't mean that I support
0: no, no, this. That's the
1: other thing because I root for a team. That's not it that it is not the same thing. I'm sorry, and uh, yeah I'm that's where I'm gonna go with it
0: no I, I I applaud that um because you you're a Cleveland sports fan, I wanted to ask this this was you know, this podcast is famous for tangents as I'm sure your shows do as as well right um, tangents make podcasts. uh, how do you feel about LeBron James now? Were you a burning I mean, I, jersey guy when when,
1: when no, he left for Miami? but nobody was. Two people burned jerseys. Like, let's stop with that shit right now. That is unfair. <laughs> it's ridiculous just because ESPN showed it on TV. And look what they're doing in Cleveland, Ohio. They're burning LeBron jerseys. Because two people do it? Does that mean the whole city's doing it? If you walk through Cleveland right now and took a vote, are you thankful for LeBron James? 90-some <laughs> percent of the people would be like, hell. Yes, I didn't even begrudge him The first time he left I wish he would have consulted me Here's what I would have told him If you want to do the whole uh, Boys and girls club thing up there Go for it But what you need to do is fly to Cleveland Have an hour press conference Explain why you're not going to be here anymore Hey, my mind has changed I'm 25 years old I want to live somewhere else I want a different challenge Uh, I think another team might support me a little bit better People might disagree with it, but okay.
0: But you have to There's only him.
1: one team at that time that had an emotional investment in LeBron James. It was Cleveland. It wasn't New York where he was rumored to go. It wasn't Miami. It wasn't Chicago. It wasn't the Clippers. It wasn't any of those places that he was being rumored to go. It was right. only Cleveland, Ohio that had their heartbeat on this. Okay, If he had answered those questions and then said, tomorrow on ESPN, I'll make my decision. You think they would have gotten less viewers? Right. <laughs> no. You think they would have had fewer donations to the Boys and Girls Club up in the swanky town where they were? No. So I don't have a problem with LeBron leaving twice. Like, go live your life, dude. Go seek another challenge. If you want to go live in L.A., go live in L.A. I, great. You know, I don't root for him, meaning I love watching him play still, but I root for the Cavs. I don't root for the Lakers. Sure.
0: Um, tell me about uh Battlebots. uh, you're in your third season? No, oh, uh,
1: we're in our seventh season coming up, oh wow,
0: okay. My notes are wrong. Hold on. no, it's Come okay.
1: D- d- don't trust Wikipedia.
0: no, no, let me fix it. Hold on.
1: Wait. no, 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 don't fix it. Come on. <laughs> we don't need to. We even... I will tell you this, so I didn't know a damn thing about Battlebots when I first got hired in twenty fifteen. For people that don't know about it, it's a show that's on Discovery. It's a pair of 250-pound robots that fight inside of a bulletproof glass cube for three minutes to the death or a judge's decision if neither of them die. And it is the most fun I have for two weeks a year when we shoot it. We've got our seventh season coming up. You can come see us in Las Vegas. Check us out at BattleBots on our Twitter handle to go get tickets. I think it's October 18th through the 30th. And... When I tell you it's the most fun I have all year, it is the most fun I have all year. Um, That's great. I uh, My agent at the time was like, yeah, they, they're, they're casting a play-by-play role for this new show, BattleBots. I think you might be good at it. <laughs> so I remember looking it up on YouTube because they used to have it on Comedy Central back at the turn of the century. And I'm watching wow. it. And our oldest son, who was just finishing up eighth grade at the time, he walks downstairs. He looks at it and he goes, what is this? I said, well, sit down. It's a, new, it's a show, BattleBots. I'm going to try out audition for it. We watch it, and about 90 seconds later, he goes, you are not doing that. I said, what do you mean I'm not doing it? He goes, Dad, I'll get laughed out of school if you do that. I was like, well, listen, it looks fun. I don't even have the job yet, blah, blah, blah. Right. Long story short, we did it. It aired on ABC for six episodes that summer, and he and his buddies loved it and like he was the shit for a while. Awesome. I remember walking into his room one day and going, "You're welcome, loser." I'm walking <laughs> out. So, that's that. <laughs> Very nice. Uh,
0: who are the uh the, the who's the rotation for this season for the uh the Rose rotation?
1: Uh it's a half dozen guys. Um Tyler Glasnow of the Rays. You him, right? Stephen Brault of the Chicago Cubs, Trevor May of the New York Mets. Hmm. Miguel Rojas of the Miami Marlins, Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox, and Austin Hedges of the Cleveland Guardians. All very good talkers, all good dudes, all fun, all have varied interests away from the diamond.
0: This is going to sound stupid, but but how did you know? You know, I, I've covered clubhouses. The teams I I, I covered, I covered the, uh, the Rockies uh, during their uh, Blake Street Bombers years in the mid-90s. Uh-huh. Uh, I covered the Mariners at the end of the Kingdome uh, up th- up through 2001. I worked for MLB from 01 to 08. And then I, I, I did pre and post for the Phillies in 2011. And I did uh, the Mets in 2014. So I knew in the clubhouses uh, who were good talkers and who were good interviews and, and, and whatnot. And sometimes it would surprise you. How did you find, you know, how often do you get to see these guys? And how, how did you come up with those six?
1: Well, um, most of them came on intentional talk. Okay. In fact, I think all of them did at some point. Perfect. Yep. Maybe Hedges didn't. Um, But I listened to a lot of interviews, too. I jump around. I'm a baseball media rat, and so I listen to who's good and who's not. And uh, I think that Trevor May was the first one I approached. And um, he was in. He's like, sounds great. Let's do it. Brault was the guy I probably knew best out of all of them. You know, some of the guys, I just slid into their DMs. I just did. Uh, great. And I remember calling Brault. And Social media 30... is so
0: different now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh
1: It took about 30 seconds, and he was in. I called Miguel Rojas one day. Uh, I always loved him. And I wanted a guy who could represent the Hispanic community in baseball. I really felt which it was, is, important. which is massive. It's a third of our game. And uh, I wanted that. And, you know, I didn't know at the time that Miggy Rowe was a, um, represents the Marlins and the Players Union. I didn't know he was a union rep. He's great. My, we've become really good friends. My youngest son helped him draft his fantasy football team, sent him a spreadsheet about who to draft and all that sort of stuff. Like, It's awesome. Miggy sent Brady. Brady's 16 years old. He's a baseball player. Sent him a couple of Miggy Rojas bats to use. You know, I sent his son a Lego set because he's really into Legos. Like, that's the sort of relationship I like to have. And I think it's the sort of stuff that people like to hear, too. So, um, these guys have done an amazing job opening up their lives to allow people to understand what it's like. And not all of it's been good. I mean... They're telling us when they've struggled, whether it's physically, uh, emotionally, and Trevor May has not been good this year. He's no. had health problems. he has been booed, but he's very honest and tells us all the time what it's
0: but what he it's never like. but he never skipped a week. he never he, he always showed up.
1: Uh, I have never had a guy say,, um, "I can't do it." Now, Trevor May blew a save in San Francisco not this year, but the year before. And I texted him, and I said, are you you okay? He's like, let's do it. Hmm. Next day, he came on the air. And I appreciated it because it it would have been easy for him to say, listen, let's wait a few days. Let me get back on this horse, and I'll be good. And he really let us know what it was like to – he was like, I didn't sleep last night. My Twitter was – he's a big social media guy right it's like i couldn't even get on my twitter because it was it, it crashed with how many people yeah. were spilling all this vitriol in my direction um there's one other thing i want to say about that yeah please one of my the original guys in 2021 was archie bradley uh then a reliever with the phillies and he only went a half a season and i get it some guys it just they think it's one thing it w- ends up being another i've never yeah, begrudge yeah. him the guys are volunteering their time they're not under contract. Right. So it, it just didn't work out and that's okay. The,
0: the The interesting part about it is, is all the names that you're mentioning are people that I think, you know, I wish they could see more, you know, my bi- biggest criticism of MLB network um, as somebody who worked for baseball before MLB network is that cord cutters can't see it. <laughs> I always, I, I found it amazing. Like I got rid of my cable in 2017 and you, everything has been apps and streaming and and I have Hulu live and we we just MLB network. You couldn't see NFL network. You just, I just got last year Mm. and I can't see NHL or NBA TV. And I think it's crazy because I think what those networks are, are promo vehicles for your sport. They should be accessible to literally everybody. Well,
1: Um, listen, the sport has got a lot of media problems, yeah. I mean, back No, no, to-
0: no, but it's it's funny because all those names, they weren't... I've seen your show, and I'd never seen any of those guys on your show because I saw it when I had cable.
1: Yeah. Well, come join the John Boy Media yeah, but, streaming world. That's right. You'll that's see right. them all.
0: That's, uh, that's fascinating. You know, we've touched on social media, and you said uh, it, it's been great f- to, to follow uh, people. As someone who's been in the media since before it existed, uh, does it enhance your job does it help your job does it not help your job how do you feel about uh the toxicity that exists at the same time because you know when 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 you and i joined social media it was it was much calmer (laughs) back then uh what what's what's your thought on social media as we kind of put a bow on this
1: um i think it's it's very good for accessibility right we get to see what celebs are doing you know, we get to see what the people we're cheering for are doing and how they're feeling and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's really difficult to – I am so thankful that I'm able to have an open discussion with my kids about it. I have been on them since day one. I said, guys, the minute you put hit send, it's there forever. And, it, you know, you might not care at 14 or 16 or even 18 – But they might care at some point. And so you just have to be careful. I have a a philosophy. I read my own tweets three times before I hit send. Hmm. Now, I live by that about 95% of the time. Sometimes it like autocorrect goes and I don't catch it. Or my spelling sucks or something like that. I'm like, shit, that's not exactly how I wanted it, but whatever. (laughs) But for the most part, I reread my tweets. Three times before I hit send. I don't ever get emotional about, or at least I try not to. I think probably sent a handful of tweets over the years about my sports teams when I get a little pissed off. I didn't send one yesterday about the Browns loss. Um, I kept that to myself because it doesn't, it's not going to help anybody. Like, boy, do I feel better now I hit send. Uh uh. There's me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I, I can just imagine.
1: Not for (laughs) me. You know, I had, I had some coworkers yesterday that said, uh, hey, go J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Anybody that beats the Browns, I'm good with. Hey, that's up to you. If you want to send that, cool. That's your philosophy, fine. We're also owned by NFL owners. I ain't (laughs) sending that. I would never send something (laughs) like that. And you could say, well, Chris, why? Why?" Because everybody's got a boss. That's right. End of the day, everybody's got a boss, got to report to somebody.
0: Yeah, there's 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 definitely uh, something to to be said about it. Uh, You're also starting a football show, correct? With
1: yeah, with CJ Uzama, the tight end for the Jets.
0: How did that come about?
1: Uh, I wanted to start to get into a kind of a similar rose rotation world for the NFL. Um, once again, I did not know CJ Uzama. We happen to be represented by the same agency, and that's how that came about. I had a long talk with him before the season started. I said, listen, I've seen your interviews. I think you're, you, you have the ability to be a media star when you're done. I hope you play another eight years. But when you're done, I think you can do this. And I said, the smartest thing that I've ever seen was Michael Strahan used to come on Best Damn Sports Show period every Monday, regardless of how the Giants did. Mm-hmm. And joined us for two segments, at least every show. And sure, it helped us a lot, but he's no dummy. Michael Strahan knew who else was watching that show. The bosses at Fox. So the minute he's done, they have contract in hand because they're like, that dude can talk about anything. Here, Michael, why don't you star on our Fox Sports set? (laughs) Now that's like his side gig. I mean, he's become just a media empire unto himself. Right. So I always tell guys, it's like, if you want to do this business, don't wait until you retire because oh, that's like driving the car off the lot. You've already lost something on it. You know? I remember,
0: Yeah. I remember when we started, Uh, when I started this podcast, uh, Latroy Hawkins was a good buddy of mine and mm-hmm. uh, he had just gotten traded to the Blue Jays and he wanted to dabble in, in media. So we lent him a recorder and he would just practice interviewing his friends. Good. Uh, So, and what we did was I could take the audio and it was some of the early episodes of Sports with Friends. Uh, It's LaTroy Hawkins interviewing Josh Donaldson. I'm not even on it. It's, you know, I do the intro and I had, you know, these, these amazing interviews and I would listen to them and you could tell guys who are forward thinking while they're there. I don't think it's ever our place in the media to tell a guy to hang it up. They can play as long as they they can get an employment, but having a plan for afterwards is a very admirable, admirable quality. How can people find you on social media?
1: Well, I've come up with a very creative Twitter handle. It is at Chris Rose. So I've done yeah. that uh, on Instagram. at C Rose one, two, seven. I had to I... kind of change that one up, but well... you can follow Chris Rose sports. That's both our Twitter handle and our Instagram. And uh, you know, we're on our John Boy Media Baseball YouTube channel. I also do a daily baseball show called Baseball Today with former Minnesota oh, Twins, go. A's, Rays, Phillies, third baseman Trevor Plouffe. That's a 25-minute podcast that gets you all caught up on your daily baseball news. Wow. Uh, it's – listen, we have a ton of fun with it. We don't take ourselves seriously. You'll Some some other guys who do a daily sports podcast think it's the end-all, be-all, and it has to be – super No. That's not us. We're there to have fun. We're there to enjoy it and hopefully make you think a little bit. So you can uh, tune into baseball today every day as well.
0: I remember I was hosting uh, with uh, Jim Duquette mm-hmm. uh, back in, I think it was 09. Um, we were on the uh, Sirius XM baseball channel with Jim Duquette and people were making fun of me because the iPhone was out and I didn't get the iPhone. I had the Palm Pre. I was the so, palm pre guy, the only good. other human, let alone baseball player, the only other human being that I knew that had a palm pre only because he called into the radio show to defend the palm pre was Kevin. He,
1: he's, he's advanced.
0: And I, I remember when I got the iPhone, I was like, how was I so stupid? And, and on top of that, when Kevin got the gig to host with you, I said, the palm free guys got a talk show
1: that was my idea we should have been sponsored by palm free who knew sh- maybe it
0: could have still been around
1: chris my man, thanks is, so- my man is one of a kind that's all i can say
0: Thank you so much for stopping by here and uh, continued success. Uh, We'll put the show links to all the the podcasts, the old ones, the new ones uh, in our show notes. And uh, as someone who I've watched from a distance for a long time, I really, really appreciate getting to know you. And uh, I welcome you to come back here as if you don't have 76 other podcasts to do. You know, if you ever want to do another one, come on down.
1: I, I'm here at your Beck and call it was my pleasure I always love uh swapping stories and uh next time I'll try and find a palm tree that I can bring and we'll reminisce
0: yeah we're, that we can record it over them perfect yeah man I'm sure, I'm sure it would be very audible <laughs> thanks man
1: my pleasure Chris
0: Rose right here on sports with friends thanks so much for listening this is episode 369 next week we've got 370. My name is yeah. Seth Everett. We will see you next week. If you want me to stay,
1: I'll be around today to be available for you to see. <sighs> I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay, I got to be me. smile Galvanized, I'm gone forget reaching reach me by phone because I promise I'll be gone for a while when you see me again I hope that you have been the kind of person